Hi, Steve Arterburn here, and welcome to the New Life Live podcast. We hope to provide help and hope in your life through God's Word, counselors, and psychologists as we answer questions from listeners who call with the challenges of life. Let's go to today's episode. Hello, everyone. I am so glad that you joined us today. And by us, I mean Dr. Alice Benton and Mark Cameron. They are in the studio in California, and we are here to take your questions. 1-800-229-3000 for the next couple of hours. And I know you got stuff on your mind. It's Monday, so you might have a lot on your mind, but we are here for you. Mark, I would love to know what's on your mind because I know you've got things going on as well. I do. Yeah, what's on my mind today is uh, two events that are going to happen this week. The first event is Valentine's Day, mm. which is coming up on Wednesday. And a lot of people are going to spend a lot of money on <laughs> cards and chocolates mm-hmm. and flowers, trying to create a one-time physical connection and recreate the chemistry in a relationship. Um, but true intimacy is not just found in chemistry. It's found actually in vulnerability and negative emotions. I'm still waiting to see the card that says, Happy Valentine's mm. Day. Let me know when I can hold you so you can cry. Or Happy Ooh. Valentine's Day. Let me know when I can listen to your vulnerabilities. Um, and so the second event that's happening this week is intimacy and marriage. We're doing intimacy and marriage, uh, Friday through Sunday and at intimacy and marriage. We're actually going to show people how to find true mm-hmm. intimacy through vulnerability. Um, and a lot of that is going to happen in the group setting. Um, and true characters actually change not by willpower, but by finding our identity, um, mm. in our group. And so a lot of that change is going to happen there, and I'm really excited and looking forward to it. One of the most powerful things that happens at our intensive is learning how to repair rupture in relationship Mm -hmm. because it's going to happen. It happens frequently where we step on each other's toes often without meaning to, or we intentionally hurt each other um, in a vengeful way. Knowing how to repair and come back together and do a heart healing session is invaluable, but most of us didn't learn how to do it. Mylan and Kay um, always asked at the intensive, what do you recall about being comforted as a child? And and many of us have had to say, Eek, I don't remember strong comfort from my parents. I don't remember them repairing when they ruptured with me. And we learn that at the intensive, it's in Mylan and Kay's How We Love, it's fundamental to strong long-term relationship What a gift it would be to intentionally repair a rupture before Valentine's Day as a way of making that real deep heart connection you're talking about, Mark. You know, Mark, what's interesting about your line of cards (laughs) is that... (laughs) Do you think they'll sell? (laughs) I do. I I do. Because I tell you, when I look at some of the cards, there have been times... I was thinking about this the other day. I'm not in that place with my marriage now. We have a great... We're going to go into 40 years this year, which is really amazing. But there have been times throughout those 40 years where I'm looking at those sappy cards going, no, that is not going to work. Nope, that's not going to work either. But I tell you, when you get to the core of what is inside of you, as opposed to looking to the other and trying to help them, you know, why can't you make me feel better? Well, it's like what you were saying, Alice. It's like we got to understand how we do connect. Like where, you know, where do we learn love? Where do we learn connection? And I think um, I agree with you, Mark. It, our intimacy and in marriage intensive is just incredible at helping couples really connect as opposed to just solving a problem only to then revisit it again next month. I'm what? glad you brought that up. 
My, my husband and I had a rupture over screen use the last couple of days. It was the comfort circle from How We Love multiple times that got us through that rupture. It works, folks. Yeah, it's a good practical practical approach. But I do, you know, maybe, you know, there's going to be cards out there. There's Listen, there are divorce cards out there, Mark. So maybe if you don't have anything better to do, you can create a whole line of greeting cards for couples that are just struggling. I don't know. Maybe not. If you would like more information about what we're talking about, give us a call. Or you can call us here for the show today. 1-800-229-3000. We'll be right back. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. I'm Steve Arterburn with a New Life Moment. Radio personality Paul Harvey once told of how an Eskimo kills a wolf. The Eskimo coats his knife with animal blood and lets it freeze. Another layer of blood is added and then another until the blade is completely concealed. The hunter then fixes his knife in the ground with the blade up. A wolf follows the scent, finds the source, and begins licking. Aroused by the taste, it licks the blood-covered blade progressively faster and harder. Amidst the wolf's frenzy, it doesn't notice the eventual sting of the exposed blade in its own tongue, nor that it's now consuming its own warm blood. The wolf simply craves more until it falls dead in the snow. It's a grisly story, but a poignant illustration of how we too stand in danger of being consumed by our own lusts. For 10 tips on maintaining sexual integrity, visit newlife.com. I'm Stephen Arterburn, and thanks for listening to this New Life Moment. Well, that is pretty extreme, Steve. I mean, you know, <laughs> but he makes a point. We stand in danger, right? Because we just keep doing the same thing and we expect different results. And how many of us have ever been in a place where we either either we are continuing to make poor choices or we're in relationship with somebody who continues to make poor choices and you just watch them as they decline? Well, Becky, surely some of our listeners are moving towards Valentine's Day knowing that they've got a secret pornography issue going on. Or ladies, that we have a secret emotional affair going on on social media. I mean, all of us, let's let's check our side of the street as we move to this day that's all about love. Is our side of the street clean? And if it's not, are you getting help to clean it up? This is a good time to check that. And we've got Restore and we have Every Man's Battle. That'll be happening in February and in March. So now's the time, folks. Take care of this. Well, and that's why I want to repeat myself um, with that statement. I said that, that willpower doesn't change us. We're changed in groups, in group identity. And so groups are just so important. Um, when we have a problem, to be able to get around others, that's how we get healed is in community. You know, um, it's interesting that um, there are a lot of people that think that um, doing bad things, and you can fill in the blank with whatever that may be, is not that bad. But what we hear over and over again is the destruction as it continues in their lives. And if you, I'm one of those that still reads the paper, (laughs) I'm still reading things that are happening in the world. And just today, you know, yesterday was the Super Bowl. And um, just today, we were, uh, there was a headline of $7 billion in gambling uh, occurred in in the last year, $7 billion. 
And I think about then they put the little disclaimer of, you know, gamble responsibly. I don't even know what that means. And and then we also talk to so many people who struggle, like you were talking about, Alice, with, with pornography use. And they think, well, one look, I'm not hurting anybody. And then before you know it, you read something in the paper about somebody who was an official and mm-hmm. they paid for something mm-hmm. to be done to, you know, it's just, it's really a tragedy. And I wonder if when you're listening to whether it's our program or you maybe go to church every week and you're listening to that, what happens when you shut down wisdom? What happens when you shut down advice or if you disregard some of the realities of life where there are just things that are consequential to our poor choices. And I just think about, um, there's one of my favorite things I say at all the time is check yourself before you wreck yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you're not checking yourself against truth, you can end up in a ditch. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's really a conundrum. And if you're still hiding some of that behavior, Sherry Keffer re- shared a study in her book, Intimate Deception, where the disclosure of that hidden lust, pornography, emotional affair is such a big part of the healing process versus it being discovered. And so you might think, well, I don't want to reveal this because I don't want to hurt my spouse. But you're already living in disconnection. And the revealing, although it will be disruptive, revealing is part of the healing process, especially if you reveal coupled with, and this is how I'm already getting help. And I'm already signed up for every man's battle. I'm already signed up for a new life intensive. I'm already in counseling and I'm revealing that I've been struggling with this problem. The the spouse that hears that kind of confession reports that it's an enormous relief to receive that disturbing truth, but they've already felt that something's been going on without knowing what it was. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a difference there between disclosure and discovery. In discovery, you've been found out. Mm-hmm. You're not really ready to change uh, your heart and do the transformation work. But in disclosure, you're, 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 that's the beginning of the transformation work because you're confessing. There's a reason why the Bible says confess your sins, again, to one another. Um, and then the Lord is faithful to uh, forgive them. And so in disclosure is when we demonstrate to our spouse and to others that we're ready to do the transformation work. And if hearing this, your conscience is pricked, but you're not ready to do anything about it. I was talking with my son last night about uh, misbehavior. He was mistreating his sister and he admitted to me, I don't want to stop because it's really fun to get her all upset. And we we can be in a sin pattern that we know is wrong, but we're not yet ready to give it up because it still provides more pleasure than not. But God will even receive that admission from us. If we can be that honest, God, I'm using pornography and I don't want to stop, but I will tell you that because I know it's wrong and I'm not ready to give it up. That level of invitation, God can come in. He can work with that and he's willing to give us grace if we'll even just admit Admit we're not ready to give up the sin pattern yet. So, Mark, I'm thinking about the couples that you work with in your clinic, in your clinician work, and I want I want you to talk about the challenges of saying those difficult things because you know, just like you're saying, Alice, you know, there is hope and there is help, but how do you have those conversations? Yeah, so Alice was talking earlier about the comfort circle, and that really is um, the format to have these discussions. Um, I think the difficult thing for folks is to learn to get past the fear and get past the anger. Um, Oftentimes when we're riled up, we're bothered, um, 
we we want to tell the other person how they're bothering us, mm-hmm. and usually it's done with a lot of blame, a lot of criticism, and it's learning to kind of shift the way that you. Th- think and think about what am I feeling? What's the vulnerable emotion under my anger? Anger is a secondary emotion for us, meaning that we feel a hurt, a sad or a fear emotion Mm -hmm. before we feel anger. And so it takes a lot of emotional intelligence to actually look underneath and say, what is it that I'm feeling? And then learn to express that to the other person. That creates the vulnerability that I was talking about the opening of the show, where true intimacy, where deeper connection can then happen. I love that. What, Ladies, when, ahead, when we'll bring to our husbands, I'm, a, I'm scared, I'm lonely, mm-hmm. I miss you, and, and I wish we were better connected. When we come that way, that can very likely elicit our husband's desire to protect and to take care of us, and it lowers defenses. Whereas if we come with, you're not connecting with me, you haven't taken me on a date, you're not checking in with me, even though both versions are true, the second version will light that fire that will lead to an argument between the two of us mm-hmm. because it raises defenses and argumentativeness. But the vulnerability that Mark is talking about tends to draw the better version of our spouse out. They can come into yeah. that kind of conversation. I love that. I love that. Well, you know, whatever the conversation is, we want to keep it going because that's where healing can occur. Um, right now, I'm going to go to a flashback call. Uh, We've been helping people for 35 years, and uh, it's amazing what we hear from these calls. We're going to hear a call from Debbie. Go ahead, Terry. Let's jump over here, and uh, let's talk to Debbie, all the way from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, WORD is the station. Hello, Debbie. Hi. How are you? How are you guys? We're doing great. Oh, I'm, I'm doing well, too, except I have a little frustrating problem. Okay. Um, I have trouble dealing with people who are habitual complainers and who only call me with, you know, these prob- you know, problems. Uh, and when I try to point out the good part of what they're going through, they don't want to hear it. So I realize that that's real. You know, they're not asking for help; they just want to complain. Mm-hmm. So you're calling us, Debbie, and and how many do you average a week? How bad is this problem? Are you getting a hundred a week, or? <laughs> No, she. Oh, she. Well, <laughs> it's a one. Well, I have. Well, that's not true. I have several people in my life who do this. Um, it's probably more of a problem than I'm letting on. But this one in particular, um, I I can't don't know the right words to say. I, like I said, I tried to show the good side of what it is, and you know, to let them know that. There's something to be grateful for, you know, but it just doesn't seem to work. And I, I wanted to be able to treat them in a godly way. And, you know, instead of lying, I try to get off the phone. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know how to handle it. Hmm. I can tell you what to do. <laughs> what should she do, John? Well, there's a psychological term, Debbie, called the help-rejecting complainer. The help-rejecting complainer? Yeah. All right. Doesn't that kind of spell out? Rejecting complainer. Yes. Yeah. See, they <laughs> they call asking for help, and you think you really believe it, and so when you give them the help, they reject that, and then they keep complaining. That's why they're called that. Okay. And um, the answer is to um, tell them the truth, and either they will use your advice or they won't. They won't call you again. And the truth is, um, Sally, I really want to help you, but um, the last time we talked, when you called, you know, last week, did you do those suggestions I made? Uh, well, no. 
Well, I'll tell you what. I'm not going to talk to you again about this problem until you do the suggestions and then give me a call. Otherwise, let's talk about, you know, you know uh, politics and theology and sports. <laughs> and either she'll never call you back or she'll call you and only talk about happy things or she'll find somebody else to dump on. But you have to hold her accountable to your suggestions. Okay, that's, that's the help, you know, that I need. I have done that a thousand times. You know, um, I've, I've had, uh, I don't know, hundred or so people come to me and say they want to write a book. I think three wrote one mm-hmm. after that. But When you told them what was involved. Well, all I tell them is you write an outline. If it's a 20-page outline, you have a book. If it's a two-page outline, you have an article. You get it published in a magazine. It's read by more people than would have ever read the book. But here's my point. Once I've said to them, you develop an outline, when they come back and say, boy, I still would really like to write a book, I say, well, where's the outline? <laughs> it's just, mm. you know, that, that if they're not going to do step one, don't come back and ask me, what's step one? Go do step one. Okay, but she, she doesn't really ask me for help. Well, she, you, you, she but you tell her, you know what, I, you just say, her. well, I've listened to everything you said, and I think, I really believe if you want to be helped, and this is the best advice I could give you, you have to join a women's Bible study group. Okay, so then when she calls you again, you say, well, now, but did you join the Bible study group? No. Okay, well, you know, like I said then, I think you ought to go join that group. Hey, did you see uh, Desperate Housewives last night on television? Start talking about something else. Mm -hmm. You get off of her problem. Yeah, Debbie, you ever noticed, have you you listened to this show for a while? Uh, As often as I can. Well, have you ever noticed how one thing that we do to kind of help people, to guide people to getting to where they want to go, is we'll say, what's your question? Or give us a right. question. Because people will call saying, you know, my marriage is falling apart or my kid's crazy or whatever. And a lot of times we'll say, okay, we get the picture, what's your question? If we don't say that, sometimes people just go on. Go on and on. And, and they don't know that. It's an innocent thing, but they kind of, it's kind of a way to structure it. So Sally calls you and life is horrible and, you know, the seals are dying and, you know, the too much ozone or whatever. The seals are dying. And yeah, who knows? And and you say, "Gosh, that's awful. How can I help you?" And then you're fo- oh. you, you kind of force her to ask you a question, which you then gave her advice, and then you got something to be accountable for the next week. It, it's it's really helped. And in fact, for that percentage of people that really that are not help rejecting complainers. They, they really do change and transform because they needed somebody to do that. And it helps them oh, with the other Oh, that ones. sounds great. Mm. Okay. Oh, I like that. All That's right. terrific. That's just what I needed, just that little spark to help mm-hmm. me get through. Well, Debbie, you keep being a helper out there. You're, yeah. you're helping your buddies. I tell you, we all need help time and again, but that was powerful, a powerful plan for listening. We want to listen to you, and we want to hear from you. We're going to take some calls. We get a call online. We've got some space open. So call us, 1-800-229-3000. We're going to be taking calls for the next hour and a half. And maybe you are having a little bit of a challenge like Debbie was, where somebody wants to tell you all the problems, but they don't want to take advice. Well, most of the time, people don't want to hear your advice. <laughs> but they, you know, they could use some help. We want to listen. We want to be part of the problem solvers. We'll be back after this. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. 
Welcome back. Hey, I just wanted to let you know there is a new episode of the Every Man's Battle podcast that's released every Monday, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen on newlife.com. And, you know, it's a supplement to our Every Man's Battle um, intensive. It's not a replacement for it, and we know that there are a lot of people who are working through recovery, but there's also a lot of people who just want to know more about it, whether you are um, the wife that's in a relationship with somebody who's working through recovery, or you're not even started into your recovery and you just want to know a little bit more about it. We are going to have our intensive March 1 through 3 in Dallas. And so maybe this will be your time to make a difference in your life and uh, to heal your legacy. And we, we just look forward to helping you along that way. If you're not sure about this, we have an intensive quiz. Well, it's not intense. The quiz isn't intensive, but it's a it's a quiz where you can see if the intensive is for you. You can go to newlife.com and take it there. It's an easygoing go- quiz, an easygoing yes. quiz to find out about the intensive. You fit. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. Now we're going to go to the calls and we're going to continue taking calls. 1-800-229-3000. We're going to go to Deborah, who's calling us from Minneapolis, listens on SiriusXM. Hello, Deborah. How can we help you today? Hi. Hi, Becky. I met you in October down in Dallas. Oh, hi, Deborah. <laughs> and hi. At the intimacy and marriage. Um, I am at a crossroads right now with my husband. I need help deciding what my next step will be. Um, I'm pretty sure I know what it is. Uh, but how to word it, how to say it, um, thinking of having, asking him to move out. Um, we did the intimacy and marriage at Dunry Store. He did Every Man's Battle. Um, it, it didn't work for us. He wanted nothing to do with the workbook, nothing to do with the comfort circle. Um, so I set a boundary of separate bedrooms. Basically, I'm just kind of living my life doing my thing, going to work, Bible study, I go to AA, um, and nothing's changing. He doesn't communicate. I try to say we need to do this. That didn't work. And then I stopped talking. That didn't work. And now I think I've crossed over into the land of I don't care anymore, and I need to move on. And not exactly sure how to do that. I mean, I think I know how, but I'm at that point right now where I it's done for me. You're looking for clarity, Deborah, and you're trying to figure out what the next step is for it. I have one question. Um, Are you doing counseling at all or any kind of group work other than AA? Okay, you are? Yes. Yep. I um, I went to Restore and then I found a good counselor around this area. So I've been working with her for a long time. Okay. Okay, very good. All right. Alice? Deborah, you have pulled together so much strength to keep increasing that distance your heart and your body need from your husband. And it is just tragic that he is rejecting the effects of your boundaries. He's rejecting all the good principles that he learned. This just must be shattering your heart. I want to understand your your family situation a little better. Do you have children and how young are they? Well... I, it's a second marriage, and I have two daughters in college, and I moved to a community that is mostly his family this last summer, so I don't have a lot of support. I built support, 
because I had to. Um, and now it's time for me to move closer to my daughters because he, he's not doing the work and it's just not there. It's just not there anymore. Deborah, what, what was the extent of his infidelity? Was it pornography, beyond uh, pornography? Pornography. It was pornography. Um, he never did the follow-up. He never did the group. He never wanted to do disclosure. He never wanted to talk about it. And he hasn't, and he says he won't. And what has, no. what has your consideration been of a legal separation? I probably should have done it three years ago. Mm. <laughs> and I don't mean to laugh, but, um, yeah. That's definitely something that needs to happen. I just need to do it. And, and when you think about moving, of asking him to move out, what's the biggest fear or obstacle to you making that requirement of him or request? That he'll say no. Um, Debra, you said that you, you're in therapy. Is it couples therapy? Is it individual therapy? Individual. Um, he won't do couples therapy. Okay. What what are his expectations for how your marriage will improve? Because I'm I'm hearing that he's gone to intimacy and marriage. I'm hearing that he's gone to every yeah. man's battle. So he's been yeah. willing to take some steps. What what are his expectations right. for how the marriage will improve? And honestly, I cannot tell you that because he does not talk. Mm. One of one of the challenges, Deborah. One of the challenges, Deborah, is the shame that he is living in. And what yep. we find a lot of times with the guys is that they're, they're underneath this pile of shame, which keeps them immobilized. Now, that's not an excuse. It's an explanation of what, you know, when you're faced with this brick wall of resistance, that's what's underneath yep. it. And I'm not, I'm not saying this for you to, you know, just sympathy and all that but it is to have some understanding about what's going on and i think that in order for you guys to make a next step whether you stay or go there has to be a bigger conversation it you know you guys haven't been talking um but i'm wondering you know if even if i mean because you're going to be talking even if you're talking to divorce lawyers i mean there's going to be a conversation that's going to come we'll be back after this Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places. We're glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We are talking with Deborah, we're going to continue taking calls 1-800-229-3000 and Deborah's in a really difficult place where um, she's been doing everything she knows 
and it doesn't feel like it's working. It's, she's not experiencing success. Alice, you have a plan or a strategy mm-hmm. that you want to suggest to her. And I want you to brace yourself, Deborah, because a few of the things I'm going to be saying will be hard, and it, some of them are a challenge to you. And I'm giving this to you because I care about you, and I want you to have the most effective attempt possible. And nothing you have done can justify his ongoing porn use. And so even though I want you to keep working on yourself, it, it, it doesn't excuse him to use porn, whatever's been happening on your side of the street. But I want you to consider with your counselor setting up an intervention with your husband and perhaps involving a man who loves him, cares about him, has an influence in his life. And there are a couple of pieces to prepare for in the intervention. And this is it's all based off of Matthew eighteen seventeen, where we do increase boundaries and attempts with a person we love. And if they will not respond, we do have a right to step away from the relationship, but but you're right to do it in increments. And so check with your counselor beforehand about how well you have done over the years trying to love your husband. And if at times when you set good boundaries, did you ever do it in a vindictive way or in a hurtful way? Because we can misuse boundaries. I'm glad you've done what you've done. It sounds right. But check, how did you set them? Because sometimes the tones we use, the accusations we make, even if there's truth to it, it can make it really difficult for boundaries to have the intended effect. Check on that. And then I'd suggest you let him know the, the one minimum requirement you need to not then move to a legal separation or asking him to move out. And it might be, I want to give a last-ditch effort at this. If you would come in for couples counseling, then, then I would wait and see if there's hope for us. But if not... I'll have to think and pray about moving to a legal separation and and possibly separating physically from you. Give it that last-ditch effort. Thank you. Deborah, Deborah, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, I really like the idea of bringing in uh, a trusted friend of his. Um, He has a really uh, powerful influence in his life. But my husband kind of has pushed him away. So I think just because he's bringing the light in, and I think that would help, is getting him on board. Okay. And I like the concept well, idea. And All right. Well, we're having the plan. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we will be praying along those same lines, Deborah. It is tough when you're in the middle of something that you feel like you've done absolutely everything. But um, until you're done, keep keep, keep pushing forward, and uh, we'll be praying that he has a positive response. Mm-hmm. We're grateful that you called. We're going to send you a copy of Intimate Deception, Healing the Wounds of Sexual Betrayal uh, by Dr. Sherry Kepper. I think that'll help you um, as you kind of you know work through what are the next steps. We're going to talk with Katie, who's calling us from Denton, Texas, listens on KWRD. Hello, Katie. I'm glad you called. How can we help you today? Hello. I just am having a question. I'm a coach, and um, parents are just getting a little bit more intense every year. And and the kids are needing more just emotional support as well. You know, I would say ever since COVID, it's just there's been a huge shift. Um, with that said, my, my, my kids that I coach, they're my kids. You know, they're my babies. But mm-hmm. at the same time, when I come back to my house, I don't have enough to give to my family. Mm-hmm. I get very overloaded and exhausted. And then... It's just like, you know, whenever you just, you can't be calm because you've had to deal with hours of coaching and then you get back to your family, you just don't have anything else to give. 
So that's just my mm. question is like, is there an easy way to, I mean, not an easy way, but is there something I'm not thinking about or is it that I'm just maybe not getting enough time away? I just, I don't know what the solution is. That's a great, that's a great question. And Katie, the fact that you're so mindful of the kids that you coach as well as your own family Mm -hmm. structure. I love that. Um, Mark, let's start with you. What would you suggest for Katie? Yeah, I think these things are, uh, it's not simple or easy, but it's simple to understand. It's input output. I'm sure you've heard this um, phrase before, one cannot pour from, from an empty cup. And, and so right. if you, you've run out of energy, you, you either have to stop the things that you're – or pull back on some things that are taking your energy away or you're going to have to find something that's going to pour energy back in for you. And I know sometimes we can feel guilty, um, especially moms. I find this. Um, you know, you want to do so much for your kids. You want to, you, you know, you want to be the coach as well as pay for them to to be in the activity. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like you're saying, you, you've come home and, and everything is spent and you're not able to be mom because you've been coach this whole time. You're irritable mom. And so it, sometimes it, it, it's for us, it, it's seeing who else can help, who which other parents can join you and maybe take turns to do the coaching so that you can have a day off here too. What do you think okay, about that's that? That's great. <laughs> I, I think the input output, that was a, that was a very good, that was an enlightening moment for me input output, because I'm definitely, I think there's, like you said, there's no easy solution, but if I'm outputting, then I've got to come up with a scenario to be able to, either take a day off or you know do something to to be able to get back grounded and mindful mm-hmm. so katie I'll, okay I'll, thank you i'll add to that um what, what mark is describing we might call a, a resource audit where you're you need to go through an audit of all the ways you're giving to other people because you're, you're giving too much in some area maybe it's coaching maybe not though maybe maybe there's a, a leak of energy or resources that's going elsewhere and when we're too exhausted and, and irritable, it's a sign that we're taking on more than God is asking of us or that unfinished business, historical unfinished business is overshadowing the present. And it's usually a combination of the two so that maybe those kids' emotions on your team are reminding you of something that you went through. Maybe these intense parents are a reminder of your intense parents. And so you might be getting stirred up because of some history. And that can be exhausting. Unfinished business in our heart and our soul, it takes a lot of energy away from us. And so doing a a checkup from the neck up where you have a coaching session yourself, a therapy session, so that you can figure out where am I spending too much or what from the past is getting mixed up with the present so that I'm not holding on to enough energy for myself and my family. It's so powerful. That's helpful. Well, yeah. Katie, it's powerful that Alice is bringing this up because I'm, I was thinking the same thing. I'm wondering when you, you started your question with, you know, parents have a lot going on. There's, you know, there's just so much since the pandemic. And I wonder how would you express that in your own life? If you are a parent mm. and you also endured the pandemic, what what is overwhelming you mm-hmm. besides the coaching? Mm-hmm. I'm an empath to like an empath to the extreme. Uh-huh. <laughs> I pick up everything from the parents and the kids, even without them saying it. Um, and so I think that that also plays into it because I can just feel everybody's intensity. At, and I, and I know I need to do better with like 
putting myself in a bubble and blocking it out, but I, I'm just not good at that. <laughs> well, I think there's um, another strategy, though, Katie. It's funny because, Alice, we were just talking about mm-hmm. um, the pleaser yep. part of us, you know, and I think that it's not, we don't want you to be numb. And I think that's where you got to figure out the the input-output kind of thing that you're talking about, Mark. You know, I think that when we feel a lot, we think the answer is to not feel, and then I'll be okay. The reality is, mm-hmm. how do I deal with the feelings when they're coming at me in such a powerful way, and where do those things connect with my own experience? Um, right. I don't know. Go ahead, yes. Alice. Well, as, as you one. as you see the kids' emotions, you are probably pulled to try to fix and maybe even become an emotional coach for them or a therapist for them because it looks like their parents aren't doing enough. And uh, that's that might be you stepping somewhat beyond your role. It is, of course, part of coaching to love your kids well. But if you're going too far, you're going to burn out. And, and you may not be allowing that to be delegated to somebody who, whose role it should be, whether it's alerting the parents. Hey, I, I think your kid could use a little extra help in this area. I'm seeing this big emotion come up. Um, it might even be making a referral so that they can get therapeutic help because it's too, becoming too much of your job. I agree with that completely. Unfortunately, a lot of parents are checked out and they're uh-huh. just putting kids on medication. And I hate saying that that's what ha- what's going on, You're but right. I, I've never seen so many teenagers yeah. on medication in my life. Um, so, yeah, it's a sad, sad situation for sure. Yeah, but I, I think for you, Katie, I think it, it's what Alice is saying and uh, it, and what you're affirming here. It's that empath role. And some people are highly sensitive people. Um, and they just feel more from others, and others have learned to be pleasers from their childhood. They were put in a caretaking role, and they default to that role in parenthood. But uh, the same thing is needed for both, and, and it's the distinction between numbing and desensitizing. So we don't want you to be numb, but we do want you to learn how to desensitize and figure out, okay, it's difficult to see this person struggle, but where do I know the limits of how I can help and where I need to pass that on or allow others to step in. Right. That's We're, so helpful. Thank you so much. We're, we're grateful that you called, Katie. We'll be right back after this. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back. We're going to continue taking calls for the next hour, 1-800-229-3000. We're going to send Katie a copy of How We Love Our Kids. And I know, Alice, you had one more comment you wanted to suggest to Katie. Katie, over the break, I was imagining you connecting with the school counselor connected with most of those kids and having an in-service after a practice where the counselor takes on the role and offers referrals to the parents instead of you. I hope that's possible. Great idea. And I was even thinking earlier about, you know, helping the parents along that way. You know, it's something that um, we talk about all the time. Groups are powerful and everybody getting in the room talking about the thing, not to solve the problem, but just to say, hey, we're all experiencing this. So let's let's help each other. It can be an incredible way to go. Um, We're going to go to our final caller for this show, but we're going to keep taking calls. We got some on hold. So Hold on, 1-800-229-3000. But we're going to talk to Joseph, who's calling us from Ely, Nevada, and listens on SiriusXM. Hello, Joseph. How can we help you today? Hello. Uh, yeah. Was, thanks, thanks for grabbing my call there. Uh, I, I, uh, I've been faced with uh, kind of a big challenge in my life, and, and uh, so many people 
when I try to talk to them about the Bible, they just don't believe that it's the inherent Word of God. And, and I'm just wondering if you guys have like a go-to answer to that. And I'm sure you probably get asked that all the time. Well, Joseph, it's great that you are out there spreading the gospel. Um, Mark, how would you start with this conversation? Yeah, well, I love to talk with people like you, Joseph, because I kind of have that mind that uh, that is wired for apologetics. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm hearing what you're saying here. It's hard to um, justify um, Christianity by saying, because it says so in the Bible, to somebody who doesn't believe in the Bible, it kind of seems like circular reasoning to them. And so I think really where we are called is to live a life um, of, of living out the gospel. And um, I wonder if you might have better um, or more effective connections by learning to, answer, uh, learning to ask questions rather than trying to convince people of what the Bible says. I, I find that that's a better strategy to have somebody tell you what they believe and then to ask, you know, not questions that trap them or in a way that's kind of lawyer-like, but just thoughtful questions of help me understand that. How did you come to that conclusion? Um, and so really, and in, in, in these thoughtful questions that you that you ask, you may even just kind of throw in kind of uh, a rock in their shoe mm -hmm. to say, well, have you thought about this and just have them think about it. And I think if you can do that and have uh, more of a discussion that way, I think you'll find that people may engage a little bit more with you. I love that. Asking yeah, questions. Yeah. Get curious. That's good. Uh, Mark, before you finish that, I just want to know what would be in a good example of a question that Joseph could consider to ask? Well, there's a really good book called uh, Tactics, a Game Plan for um, Discussing Your Christian Values, written by Greg Kokel. And 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 these are the questions that, that he asked. I actually said them in there. Um, how did you come? To, uh, how did you come to that conclusion? Um, is a great question to ask. And there was mm. another one, but... Um, oh, oh, sorry. This is it. It's what do you mean? And then how do you come to that conclusion? So have somebody explain when they make a statement. It's on them to defend the statement. It's not on you to have to defend that statement. So ask that clarified question. What do you mean? How did you come to that conclusion? And then maybe you offer you a little bit of insight. I love that. Yeah, Alice, sure. what, would you add to, oh, what would you add to that? Joseph, one of the most fascinating, motivating things about the Bible that I have ever learned is the impact it has on people's behavior and on the safety of marriage, the security of a marriage relationship. And by that, I mean relationship uh, research has been done on uh, people that read the word at least four times a week. And the difference that is seen in their lives in comparison to folks that don't read the word that frequently. And there are decreases in all kinds of unhealthy behavior. Drinking goes down. Addictive behavior goes down. Anger, even depressing thoughts, anxiety goes down when people read the word regularly. The divorce rate is about 50% whether you're a Christian or not. But couples who read the word together at least four times per week, the divorce rate drops down to closer to 1%. It's an evidence 
of how the word actually impacts lives and behavior. Before I heard that, despite being a believer my entire life, I rarely, rarely read the word. I always got caught up in the begats list. Like, well, this is boring. Or the temple measurements. What? How's this going to impact my life? But when I found out about that research, it motivated me to increase my reading of the word. So although I agree with Mark that uh, the way we preach best to folks is by our actions more so than our words. That's pretty motivating information about how the Bible can change our lives. I think, too, Joseph, if there are people that you are discipling, they are searching. And so that gives you a good um, place to start. Because, you know, like you said, Mark, we're not we're not going to convince anyone of anything. I mean, we're taught that in our um schooling for being therapists. It's like, you know, it's not our job to convince somebody. It's to draw them into an understanding and help them to describe, you know, what is their experience. And I love, I think those questions that you posed, um, Mark, what do you mean? And how did you come to that conclusion can be useful in so many different situations. And, you know, I don't know, Joseph, are, are those helpful hints as you continue in your, in your work in ministry? Yeah, yeah, I think that's really helpful. <laughs> yeah, and it, it seems like a lot of people get hung up on the scientific side of things, and uh, mm-hmm. and I uh, I live in an area where we have the oldest trees in the world, and and, uh, and that that goes right back to the great flood. You know, the age of these trees about four thousand years. So that's one thing huh. to throw in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you ever yeah. have you ever heard of apologetics, Joseph? Apologetics. Apologetics. Oh no, not really. No, so so Google that, and 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 there's many books that will be available to you, and I I think that that will be a really good stimulation for your mind because I think your mind is kind of wired that same way to for detail and understanding. <laughs> yeah. And and I think the 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 more you find out, there's a lot of very smart people out there. Another great book um, to read is a book called Mere Christianity, mm-hmm. written by C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. It's such a fantastic book. I love it. I like to ask folks what has turned them away from faith and spirituality and what have been their hurtful experiences with church. And you can really hear some stories of pain that then allow empathy and compassion to build. And and that's trying to be the Lord in action by listening and drawing that out. So add that to the list of questions. Right, because it's it's really an an emotional, relational experience that that draws us into Christianity. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily... Um, the the logic reasoning behind it. Yes, that's part of it. But if you detach that from the emotional piece of it, I don't think you're drawing anybody in. Right. I love that too. Both both of you, what you're talking about, because here's the thing: Jesus invited us to come and see. He didn't mm-hmm. he didn't require us to understand every little thing. And when you think about the disciples, they were with him as he was doing ministry on earth, as he was fully man, fully God. And they still didn't get it. And so, you know, as we are on our journey of faith, it is the word. It is being in community with other believers. It is um, studying the word, not just reading it, and also prayer. And then also the serving part of it. Because like what you're doing, Joseph, you are helping people in their journey. And we have so many questions and there's nothing wrong with having questions. It's really um, when we get stuck on some of the certainties 
where we're, you know, well, why do you believe that way? Well, let's, let's explore, let's get there. And I think, you know, one of the things that we do here at New Life is we integrate God's truth and sound psychological principles. We want you to have the full experience of life here on earth. Thank you, Alice. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, callers. For those of you who are on hold, we're going to get to you in just a minute. 1-800-229-3000 is where you can call. Stay in touch. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.